Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Good evening and good morning, good afternoon to uh, everybody tuning in. And you're probably wondering, why am I not hearing Kent's voice right now? And uh, the reason for that is because it is a special occasion. Uh, we found Kent's first white hair on his head. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, <laughs> I uh, wish that was true. <laughs> uh, it's actually There's lots of them. because uh, of uh, uh, the number uh, that this episode is. And if you noticed, uh, it has a two in front of it. Um, and so this podcast has reached a milestone of the 200th, hundredth episode. And so for this evening, you are going to be hearing from Kent mainly, um, while Alex Gruen and myself, Caleb Drake, we interview him um, to get to know him a little more and pick his brain about a few things first-gen hunter. So um, Kent is going into this thing pretty blind. Uh, Alex and I have some questions, and uh, we, we may get through all of them. We may get only through two of them, um, and we'll let the conversation sort of flow. So uh, um, We would never – the I, three of us would never take too long to talk about something. Oh, yeah. Kent, Kent's the one answering the questions. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's right. That's right. Man. I hope if you guys brought pillows. <laughs> We might have to just uh, set a timer, just start, start giving him, give, cut him off, cut him off. Um, so here we go, guys. We're uh, Alex here is with us, and uh, we're going to have him kind of kick off the questions here for Kent. But thanks for joining uh, and, and listening in. It should be pretty fun here to uh, to get to know a little bit more about First Gen Hunter and, and the, the man behind it all, Kent Voucher. So, Alex, do you, you have anything to add here as we get started? No, let's let's start. Straight we'll at him. him. All right. Alrighty. All right. Yeah, rapid scared. fire, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's a rapid fire for two hours straight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we, we did, did a good job with him up on any of these questions. Yeah, that's so right. That's, I'm I am going into this blind. Caleb, you did a nice fun. job running the intro there, buddy. Um, but I am nervous. I'm I'm gonna... <laughs> well, don't 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 be nervous. But you know, I was I was sitting really typing up different questions and kind of thinking about the the, the segue of, of just the start to the end, but let's really just start off with like, I know you obviously started hunting and then you at some point thought about the podcast, but take us through kind of that, that real start from you getting out in the field to what developed for you to say, gosh, I should start my own podcast. Like what's yeah. that transition like? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Alex, because sometimes I wonder if that is like some, is that a symptom of some kind of like hidden arrogance on my part? Like <laughs> who am I to uh, start talking about something in some kind of educational way uh, where it's something that I'm brand new at, you know? And of course now, you know, here we are three, three and a half years, uh, calendar years. I mean, for like podcasting seasons, I guess it's kind of four you know, mm-hmm. So I've I've gotten a lot more experience under my belt since I first started. But when I start thinking about that, I remind myself that I had Brandon when I started, right? And that was a calculated 
thing. Like I thought for a long time, actually, um, something that I don't know if I've ever mentioned before in this podcast. Um, I had asked another guy to co-host some episodes with me. Um, he was a friend of mine who, um, had quite a bit of, um, whitetail hunting experience here in Iowa, but also most years he would go out to Colorado and hunt elk. And, um, oh, nice. and he actually had been on some other hunting shows, uh, like TV shows. And, um, he was a real estate agent who, um, uh, specialized in like, um, rural properties. So like acreages and stuff like that. And, um, tragically, uh, I was, we were in, uh, you know, he was such a busy guy. I used to say Carl worked, uh, 25 hours a day, eight days a week. Mm. I mean, he just had his hands in so many different things. He's a great guy, but, uh, so it never really like worked out for him to co-host with me. He was just too busy. But um, we were talking about doing an elk episode after our se- several episodes in, you know, at least get him on to just do a, a regular interview. Mm-hmm. But this would have been October of 2020. He, wa- he was um, driving and uh, he hit a deer with his car or this truck and he posted about it on Facebook and everything. And, um, by the next morning he'd passed away. Uh, he, he, uh, you know, I don't know what ended up happening. You know, I was just friends with him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't friends with the rest of his family or anything like that. So it wasn't like, you know, they were in contact with me. So I, I don't know, you know, it seemed pretty coincidental that he had that, that accident and, uh, sure. then, you know, passed away 12 hours later, you know, and he went away from, from as far as I could tell from the accident, you know, seemingly unhurt. It wasn't like he went away in an ambulance or anything right. like that, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, from what I, I think from what I heard, it was some kind of heart issue maybe. Mm. And, um, he, but, yeah, tragically he passed away and he was he was originally going to be a main voice on this podcast. We talked about it and everything and uh so sadly that didn't work out. Um he was obviously very supportive of the podcast and everything for the short time that it was running while he was still alive. But um what ended up becoming apparent as it came time for the podcast was that Brandon was going to have the availability to do the show. And I really wanted somebody like Carl or Brandon who had a ton of hunting experience to counteract or, you know, balance out the fact that I had, you know, only five or six years of hunting experience at that time. And, and so that helped me, Alex, going from being a brand, you know, well, not at that point, I'd already killed a few deer and, some pheasants and so forth at that point. Um, but it helped me have the confidence to, to, um, you know, take that next step into hunting media and also my teaching background. You know, I produce, when you're a teacher, mm. you're producing content every okay. single day. You yeah, know that's I mean? true. Right. And, and usually for multiple classes. 
and and subject matters even. And so I knew I could crank content pretty quick and um I have the gift of gab, right? So You sure put, do, man. Put a microphone you, you, in front of me. You, yeah, you kind of <laughs> get that uh the benefit of it's like when you learn something to teach something, you learn it faster. Like or as you teach somebody else, and I feel like mm. you've had even since huge we've 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 been friends, right? Like it's yeah. been a big experience on this. And I I listen to some other podcasts where it's like, hey, it's the same thing. You know, you ask the questions just to say, hey, uh, what is your opinion or what's your, what is your thoughts on X, Y, Z topic as far as hunting goes? Cause I'm genuinely interested in knowing and then yeah. it's just right. good. It's good for everybody to hear. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah that's a lot of that, that can't be understated, Caleb, how much I've learned from all the guests on here. Uh, probably the best example of that was tagging a Turkey this past spring. <laughs> had I, not, oh, yeah. had I not interviewed Heath Rayfield, like a, couple weeks before i filled that tag i would uh, there's no way i would have killed a turkey yet i do kind of remember you talking about that actually yeah, not, yeah. Like, yeah. just well. on like a phone conversation or something but yeah um, just, yeah so yeah, yeah that's i've that's got a great observation to know just within this like you know getting into hunting and stuff um something that's always fun i was thinking about this the other day for myself about my first uh first animal like i even hunted you know or harvested and I, I can, I could pick, it was a squirrel. Nice. My dad, I could, I could take you to the spot where I shot that thing. Right. Oh, and I'm wondering, memory. you know, for yourself, I was young. I mean, I, and I, I, I could, I could go on about that hunt. It's just hilarious, but mm-hmm. it's just a squirrel single shot 410, right. Kind of a cool scenario. But for you, like I to kind of a twofold question with this kind of to bounce off of Alex's here. Do you have that, like that first harvest or and or any like first beginner's luck experience that maybe you messed up. Like I have a buddy that uh, for an example went out and like the first time I ever took him deer hunting, I put him in a stand that was kind of, I don't know, it's a shorter stand. So, you know, it's not very high. Thought maybe a doe would come by there. It's his first bow hunt. Like the biggest buck he's ever seen walked in and he completely messed up, but like it's a beginner's luck story. Right. You know, like, um, so it's kind of a two-sided question, but to kind of bounce off, like what Alex was asking, you know, how, what got you into hunting and then a podcast, like that first successful hunt or any beginner's luck stuff you can remember, like whatever, however many years ago it would be. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> the first year I hunted, I did not harvest anything. I did almost have some beginner's luck the first time I ever went deer hunting. Um <clears throat> I've told this story, uh, before, but, um, I was, I was, uh, deer hunting after I went pheasant hunting once. So I went pheasant hunting in like, I think it was probably a veterans day, uh, weekend, which is, um, you know, of course, um, also known as armistice day, November 11th. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had that day off from school. So I came out here to where I live now, uh, to my grandparents farm and I went, uh, pheasant hunting with my grandfather and um i did flush a bird and i got a shot off but i missed and oh man uh, <laughs> uh that, but you know what i saw when i went was i saw a uh one of the most impressive bucks i've ever seen in my life still to this day mm-hmm. he was a minimum 175 um double drop uh wow. you know, uh i'm talking nine ten inch drop tines not like a technical 
you know, drop time buck, like, sure. like this is the thing that gets screen printed onto t-shirts and turned into like, you know, yeah. hunting magazine logos and Things stuff like dreams that. Are made out of. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, just an absolute freak. And, uh, so after seeing him, I was like, well, you know, a uh, deer season, uh, gun season is like, uh, you know, three weeks, four weeks away or whatever it was. Right. I'll, right. Uh, I'll be back, you know? And, uh, so I tried hunting for him. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, at least when I went out pheasant hunting, my grandpa had done some pheasant hunting when he was a kid. Um, but he was, you know, he, he was not like a super, you know, uh, he, he was busy with farm stuff, you know, he, he, he wasn't like a, right. super, you know, super involved hunter or anything like that. So he secondary thing, right? Right. He's just, he's Very been, much. Yep, yeah. Yep. Not even a secondary thing. Just, uh, he did it a little bit when he was a kid, when his dad would take him and then a few times as an adult maybe, but, um, sure. but still he knew what he was doing. So he could kind of show me the ropes with the pheasant hunting. And then, um, when I, uh, went deer hunting that was totally on my own um mm. i had i had nobody to really show me you know i had some friends that i could call or or whatever in fact i was taking here's how clueless i was so i was taking pictures of the scenery and texting them to friends to be like does this look like a good spot <laughs> 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 you know what i mean and, and uh that's pretty good and i got of that course i had no idea how to like layer properly to like sit uh and be still and not freeze and so i was freezing oh, yeah. cold and then i had the classic you know off in the distance you just hear boom 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 you know like right well right. everyone else is seeing deer but me so yep, i get yep. up and i start walking around and i start flushing flushing pheasants while i'm uh while i'm uh walking around looking for deer and uh i i um I'm like, you know what? I have my smoothbore shotgun. I was using rifled slugs. And mm -hmm. I was like, I carried some some uh, pheasant loads with me because I wondered if this would happen. And uh, it was pheasant season at the same time, you know. And, oh, yeah. And I'm in my blaze orange. So I'm like, you know what? I'm flushing all these pheasants. I'm going uh, I'm going pheasant hunting now. And long story short. I run, as I'm walking around, I run into this doe train of four does mm -hmm. and, uh, I have pheasant loads in. So yep, I'm over here, <laughs> you know, just running the action on this shotgun, trying oh, to huck man. all these rounds out, get a slug in there. And I got a shot off, but I totally whiffed at like, you know, 40 yards or something like that. Oh, man. A part, part of that was though, <laughs> you know, that gun, I, I never patterned it, you know, with those slugs. Sure. I just figured it was on. Well, the next year, a guy from my church, Kevin Phelps, shout out to him. Uh, there will always be a soft spot in my heart for Kevin. He knew I needed help desperately. So he took me out uh, <laughs> to a farm that he had access to and uh, helped me get my first year the next year a doe. Nice. Kind of in the same situation, you know, train of four does came out. But this time I, I made the shot and he, you know, took me out to pattern my my uh, slug gun and we found out that it was at like 50 yards hitting 11 inches to oh, the man. to the uh left and up <laughs> so that'd be wow. why i missed those deer the year yeah. before and oh, uh you know it all worked out then but the first 
the first animal I ever harvested was a pheasant that the following year, my friend Weston, uh, a really good friend of mine, he was best man in my wedding. Um, he went pheasant hunting with me and I had my bird dog, Theo, which both of you know well. And, oh, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that was part of when I got Theo, that's how, that's why, you know, it was like, man, I need to hunt. This is a hunting dog. I need to hunt mm-hmm. with him. And, um, and he was probably a little bit hyper and your oh, wife was like, get this thing on a bird. That's right. right. That's <laughs> right. Well, we yeah. walked all, we walked all day and finally, uh, you know, we, Theo got birdie and Weston's like, mm-hmm. look at your dog. What's he doing? And I'm like, Oh, I guess maybe he's on a bird. And sure enough, you know, this bird had just tucked way in there and, and after enough kicking around, we got him to flush, and I think it took me like three shots, and I finally hit the thing. There you and, go. Uh, and uh, and then Theo found him, and you know from there it was basically. So then you know a couple months later, I got my first deer. At that point, you know now you get that momentum, and uh, mm-hmm. um, you know from that point on, I think there's only one year I didn't harvest a deer. And that would have been um, the winter of 2017. And I shot a buck, but that's the oh. whole story of Jake and me yeah. following that thing for five oh, hours yes. and yes, uh, not that. recovering. But um, I do think I found that buck, though, years later. Um, it's on my wall behind me. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, those are such – how do I want to say it? Such important memories, you know, special memories that, that, uh, and the people connected to them are so important to me. Mm -hmm. That's that's a cool way. Yeah. Picture those things in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have the same things, Alex, right? Like you can just picture those first harvests and stuff. Right. It's, it's like when you said about the squirrel and you could, you could take us right back to the spot. Like that's, that's i don't know the epitome of hunting to me is the memories of it you know it's like the uh i I don't know it's it's like sacred but when i look at any animal any mount any skull any picture i know exactly what happened there and it just Mm. brings everything back to life it's like putting the old vhs in the uh yeah you know in the tape player there and, and watching it on tv it's it's it is a memory and it's cool so yeah, that's a, for that's those a of you, uh, for deep. those of you under the age of twenty listening to this, a VHS is. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're dating. I'm especially dating myself now. Yeah, uh, we I didn't never, have to mention Alex's thought, gray hairs at the start. <laughs> I never thought. Yeah, I got them in the beard. Check that out. I got them all yeah. over the size just, of my head. That's just that's experience. Why I cut my hair so short. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> Caleb's about to get all the uh, glorious, uh, you know, physical changes that come. Uh, oh, with man. aging past 30 here pretty soon oh, yeah. oh man too soon yeah but way too soon scary soon oh you definitely get sexier with age don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> if you do it all right. right you ready for another one there kid oh yeah i'm ready all right man and so if you could only pick one episode which one was your favorite out of the 199 Ooh. Wow. Only one. Only one. Well, this is uh, a big recommendation because everybody's going to go listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me start maybe by naming some that 
stand out in my memory. Um, so this is some good. Are you, are you saying this, a lot the, of them don't? Uh, no, they all. I, I could. I could. Uh, I could remember. You know, every guest. I mean, I probably couldn't call them off the top of my head right here. But you know, like if you like put it in front of me, I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that. But um, totally. but um, you know, some really important ones, uh, of course, would be uh, when I first talked with um uh noel gandy he was on episode 13 mm-hmm. just a such he's become such a good friend of mine and uh that was a really fun episode because i you know we we did uh since it was episode number 13 we asked people to share their bad luck stories that they had while oh, hunting. All right. and so if you want to go back and listen to episode 13 you can hear perhaps the funniest story i've ever heard um which is Garrett Fike, who's been on this podcast many times. Um, you can hear his uh, unfortunate uh, uh, leaky waiters story. Oh no! And and, uh, <laughs> and there's a few other great ones on there. My cousin Brian has one on there. Um, it just it, it was a great great episode, and it was great to make that connection with Noel. And he's been on here so many times, and then. Shortly after that one, I want to say it was episode 19, maybe, Alex, is when I think we had Alex on for the first time. Uh, I think it was episode 19. And, uh, of course... He even remembers the episode. That's right. Of course, that was was like... uh, it, It was such an important episode because it educated me on so many things that... I knew I needed to know, but I didn't even know where to begin on understanding them. And that's when Alex like did this whole deep dive with everyone. Well, maybe I shouldn't say a deep dive. He did this like, it was basically like a one-on-one lesson on every, you know, all the terminology, all the, you know, stuff you need to know about getting into limited draw, you know, hunting opportunities and he went through bonus points and and uh, point creep you know all these terms so what do they mm-hmm. mean here's why you need to and really it was eye-opening for me and changed how i viewed western hunting because i think most people who don't understand all that stuff that alex talked about in that episode it's like oh i just go west and i'll just go out and i'll you know when i'm ready when i have the money saved up i'm gonna go moose hunting well dude it might take you mm-hmm. forever to draw a tag or that mm-hmm. tag is going to cost you this much money, or you might need to have a guide to even be allowed to hunt. You know, mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. all these right. little things that people have no clue about. And so what happens is they end up just going for the low hanging fruit, their whole hunting career. And they never see another, they never see, you know, an animal to tag because that's what everybody does, you know? And it's like, right. That episode was so important for me from that standpoint, but even more so I gained one of my best friends, you know, through, through meeting Alex and man, Alex is one of the first people to believe in this show. He came on as a sponsor very early. Um, he, he, you know, he was patient with me. He knew I was new and green and asking him all the annoying basic (laughs) questions, but he was patient and he brought so much credibility to the show. Um, because even 
as with all the hunting experience that Brandon has, he hasn't hunted in the West. And, uh, so it was a blind spot for both me and Brandon and Alex mm-hmm. really brought that to the table. So that was a crazy important one. Another note, notable one I think was number 20 with Chase Burns, who's just an awesome guy. I can't believe I haven't had Chase back on the show since then. He's been on the, our work podcast, the Prairie Farm podcast, but, uh, Chase had a mic like what Caleb has right now. And, yeah. uh, the, the, the episode was, mic, was so good. It was it was so good, but um, Chase's mic on his cable was bouncing on his uh, shirt collar or coat collar oh, the no. whole time he was talking, and I could not figure out what that noise was. I was like pulling my hair out. <laughs> that is man. so funny. And and I went through and I tried to edit every single one of those little. That's funny. While he's talking, you know, and when Chase listened to it, he's like, "Oh no, man, that was my that was my mic. I bet on my on my oh, headphone." Oh man! So it was, you know, that was a but that was one of the most downloaded episodes of all time. It was such good content that Chase brought on uh, cool. small property management and stuff like that. So that was Very a memorable cool. one. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, anything with Cole Young has been awesome. He's been another guy who's been on this podcast a million times. Such a generous guy. Um, uh, uh, oh, one with uh, one with um, um, Bill. Uh, I cannot think of his last name right now. Uh, he did a great episode with us, and uh, he. Uh, he when I asked him for his uh, grip and grin pictures, he Alex is laughing because he just hit balloons off in the. <laughs> for the yeah, we are losing it. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know why. Know. They, I was like, "All right, man, it's a party over just, there in Michigan." But um, you mentioned, I think Bill's name, and it went crazy. Yeah, oh, Bill. Bill, uh, I can't. Why, I cannot think of his last name. I'm sorry, Bill. But uh, uh, but I asked him for a grip and grin picture, and that guy hunts with the purest intentions ever he's like i don't have any and i'm like oh that's okay you just go stand by a mountain you know maybe your wife can take a picture with you or something because I, I used to feature oh, right. I, yeah i remember and he's like, this. Yeah. he's like i mean this guy's killed elk he's killed moose he's killed you know nice bucks and he's like oh well i don't have any i'm like what do you mean you don't have you've killed all these things he's like <laughs> Yeah, I guess I just kind of threw him away over the years. That's <laughs> crazy. Like, what? Yeah, oh, he, was, he was so carefree. I love carefree. that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I know. He's just so carefree. So there's that one. Of course, there's the bear hunt that um, Edwin and Rasty and Alex and I, we, we recorded. And um, Caleb, I'm trying to remember the first episode you jumped in on. I think uh, it was a hunt therapy Mm, it was a hunt therapy yeah with jake and brandon and alex and all those episodes were so much fun you know of course when jake used to co-host every once in a while that was fun um the nate dodson episode that was one of my all-time favorites Mm -hmm. um but the most memorable hands down episode 113 uh the uh uh grizzly attack story that oh yes yes that thing was wild (laughs) yeah you know and uh some other good ones i should throw in there though too episode 100 was awesome with mark kenyon alex and i got 
I really enjoyed that conversation. And of course, when Bill came on, you know, and talked about Spartan Forge, that was super eye opening. And, uh, uh, but, but yeah, episode 113, the grizzly attack story, just, it's still the wildest, you know, all of all the grizzly oh, yeah. attack stories I've, I've heard. Um, the only one that kind of comes close is that one with, uh, those wrestlers. Um, Oh yeah, that was pretty that, recent. Yeah. Where they like fought it off yep. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that, that yeah. was super wild. And then also the one I don't know, Alex, you probably heard the one on uh, Ben O'Brien's show, The Hunting Collective. Yes, with yeah, the guy, the guy. Well, and they covered it on Meat Eater too. I think they called it a face no longer attached. Was the name of that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That thing was gnarly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That was a that was a wild story, but still, I think Jeremy's. Uh, takes the cake for just the most insane, tough individual effort that I've ever heard of. Uh, the details of that story are there's a lot there. Uh, yep, wow. yeah, that was a great. That was, question, yeah, that Alex. was that was fun. That's fun. That's fun going through all those. Um, I mean, we've got some follow ups kind of with that. Um, but I mean, you kind of mentioned you know Alex and the the whole east to west hunting thing. So I'm kind of interested to know at where at this moment, you know, for you, what is the, um, you know, dream hunt, you know, money aside, what's, what's like the, the Ooh, good question, the mountain peak. I mean, I would say like species, weapon, state or country, you know, what, what to you, if you're like, I think, I, I think Alex and I might have the same one. I can't remember if we, we've talked about that before or if we did this last week, but yeah, I'm kind of interested to know, you know, because that thing that follows in well with uh, that one episode you mentioned, Alex, in. So yeah, maybe uh, Alex would know. Let's see how well he knows his clients. No, I think he, I think he does. <laughs> he, Alex knows my short list for sure. Um, he knows that uh, seek a deer are high on my list. Um, oh, nice. Uh, he knows going up to New Hampshire and doing a big woods buck track. Ooh, that's another one I should have thrown in. Um, the first interview. Um, um, with, uh, white mountain buck trackers, uh, just learning about, about what goes into <clears throat> big woods buck hunting mm-hmm. and, um, and, and everything that, that I learned about that was just, was just absolutely crazy. And, um, uh, Brad, uh, Willie, the guy who kind of, I guess, sort of started, um, white mountain buck trackers. He's now with big woods bucks with how blood, but, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was just awesome, uh, to, to talk with on that. But, um, that through learning about that, I really want to try that's on my short list, but what was my ultimate hunt going into this? Oh, Alex also knows the antelope are high on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's uh, yeah, and Alex, Alex, you the, yep. yeah, Alex lays down the antelope yep. too. He's good at that. Yes, he is. Uh, he also knows that I have four points and I'm uh, just chomping at the bit now. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, with before even starting the podcast, my dream hunt was and still continues to be um, a moose hunt with my son mm-hmm. Jonas when he's old enough to to help pack out some meat. But um, yeah, right uh, now, like a half, I would, or a third I, of a quarter would be the size of him. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He would not be much help right now. Um, but, yeah, but, uh, um, that is my dream hunt someday. I want to do it upright when I do it. I want to pay, um, uh, at least a professional photographer 
to cool. uh, follow along and document, but I think it'd be even, you know, even better to have a film crew along to uh, document that experience. And, you know, cause yep. that'll, from that point on, like it, when that hunt happens, like I will have, that'll have been the peak of my hunting experience. Sure. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like everything yeah, down there yeah, was still yeah. great, but it's downhill. You know what I mean? Like Do you have like a uh, yeah state or a weapon? Do you know? Yeah, that's a like... good. Definitely rifle. I'm not messing around okay. with an animal that big. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm good with either Alaska or uh, like the Yukon. Um, mm-hmm. The nice thing about hunting in Canada um, and Alberta would be cool too. But I think in Alberta you have to have a, a resident guide. Um, Alex will know better on that than me, but, um, Canada seems to have, uh, a few less, uh, stipulations, you know, like in, oh, Ala- sure. in Alaska, you know, you have that, that minimum brow tine, it's gotta be a 50 inch bowl. Right. I think Alex and yeah, 50 oh, inches oh. wide is a big one. You gotta have the, um, uh... Was it four brown tines? The particular, yeah, brown tines, yep. You know, and that's just, yeah, yeah, you know, that's kind of unfortunate, you know, just because, you know, that makes it, that turns something that's supposed to be very exciting and very fun and very, like, instinctive, like, ooh, that's a big bull, I'm Mm going to shoot it, into, like, almost a stressful, like, overanalyzing thing, you know, which I don't want to be thinking about that at the moment. So I'm definitely not against going to Canada to get a moose. Um which that makes me think of another great episode, Joe Shed, um, <laughs> his uh, his crazy Alaskan moose story, his his basically death recovery of that moose was just insane. That I think that's down in the twenties somewhere. That might be like number twenty two or something like that. But um, no, that uh, a moose somewhere either in Alaska or Canada, um, yeah, kind of it'll kind of depend on what are the rules and regs at that time and, and cost of getting meat home and, and all that stuff. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, all the details, which, Hey, I just heard a great tip on Remy Warren's podcast, uh, like a week mm-hmm. ago, he shot a moose somewhere and, uh, um, he took it to a processor and he brought his moose in and he said his was like super clean, took great care of the meat. And then another guy pulled up right behind him who uh, did a terrible job taking care of his meat. He could tell it was already spoiling a lot of it. Oh, wow. And um, when Remy got his meat back from the processor, um, half of his meat was like rancid. And oh, he got like, the wrong one? Well, the guy just mixed the two together. And, oh, no. And so he said, make sure you, if you're going to go that route, either process it yourself, but if you can't, um yeah take take it to a guy who doesn't do that and that's just terrible business on that guy's part for why would you why would you do that you know mick it'd be one like i would never do this if i was a processor mixing people's meat just because i think there's a certain specialness to being connected and eating the animal that you harvest yourself and I understand that as a hunter, but like, why would you, if one guy clearly has good stuff and the other guy clearly has bad stuff, why would you right. screw over the guy that has the good stuff? You know, it's just That's like, true. yeah, totally. But, but totally. yeah, good little tip there. <clears throat> yeah. That's, I, uh, that's I a, like that's that. a heck of a one actually. Yeah, I do. Can I ask a question real quick? Yes. Yeah, uh Oh, 
I want to know what Alex's dream hunt is. He's done so many wild hunts. What is your ultimate dream hunt, Alex? Oh, yeah. wait, I know this. I know this. It's a uh, uh, grizzly in yep. Alaska. That's yep. right. I knew that. Yep. Yep. And my, yeah, actually, I, so Caleb was was over, and we were chatting about that, and you know, it's it's grizzly and moose. But yeah, grizzly's like my top top, and moose would be my second. You know, I would I would say they're pretty close, but realistically. If I was to go after moose, I really would like to get one in the lower 48, but it's so difficult to get a tag. So hmm. I'd have to opt to go to Alaska or Canada, yep. but I could foresee myself at some point trying to, you know, do the the whole slam deal of moose once I get into that ball game. But yep. a grizzly, there's nothing that's going to top a grizzly hunt for me. Yep. So <laughs> you got to stay. It sounds like Alex is moving to North Dakota. That there you go. Tag. That's right. That's right. There you go. Less competition, less people. Live there for a yeah, year. Hey. I I I got some I got some higher draw statistics, so I I feel pretty good about where I'm going to draw at some yeah. point here in the lower 48. But I'll keep that as a secret for the moment. That's and, right. That's right. And and go after that, but yeah, it it helps to uh, do what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no good hunt planner. Take take advantage of it, but yeah, that that would be it. And it's, I think it just comes down to time, and it comes down to the planning, and obviously financial stuff because that's a right. Yeah, it's a pretty commitment. Yeah, it's a pretty hefty uh, commitment on the financial and the time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, with Grizzly, I guess I'll throw this one out there. You know, you can kind of like, there's two different scenarios with Grizzlies, but you know, if you were to kind of throw a line through Alaska, there's like a lower and an upper line. And depending on which bear you're hunting, the cost is substantially different because of the sizes of the bears are substantially different. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can get away with a, uh, you know, an eight, $9,000 hunt and you can easily have a $20,000 hunt. So those are mm-hmm. two completely different scenarios. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so we'll see where that goes, but, but that's it for sure. But if not, it would be moose. So I think I think sure. you and I are aligned on that one, Caleb. Yeah. What's your for me? Yeah, um, I've always thought that, I, I think us we must all just be these Midwest guys dreaming of moose. Um, yeah, yeah. I've always I mean I re- for me though, I think I saw a hunt back in like man I must have been in junior high, and I was watching some I don't know it was probably one of the guys from Real Tree and he did it with a bow and I was like a moose with a bow would be tough would be for me it'd be tough to top um oh yeah so so that's it for me i don't know if it'll ever happen i don't know if uh i mean it may it might <laughs> with, a, with a bow it's tough to get that close i know um probably would have to, to throw to the wayside some of those you know uh, antler point restrictions as far as like where i would have to go to do that um but yeah i think for me that would be it i actually watched a video recently of some guys that did it i think they were in canada but they they like got dropped off, you know, on a float plane, drug their inflatable rafts like a f- seven or eight miles yeah. and floated like 60 miles of river. And Wait, was this the the Yeti film that came out uh, called Be- I, Beyond the Roar? This is like from, I don't know, six, don't seven think, years I, ago. These guys, these guys were just two dudes filming. I can't remember their name, but the, they're Canadian, I think, themselves. Um, 
No, that was pretty crazy. I mean, they got, I mean, it was, it was an adventure, which is neat, yeah. but, but they did it with their bows and it was, it was in Canada. So they, they, you know, they just, if it was a big enough bowl for them, it was, it was good, you know? Yeah. And they did pass a couple, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think moose with a bow, um, would be, would be all time for me. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like that interesting theory, you know, like you were saying, Kent, you're like, that's, that'd be the peak, you know, you're kind of on your way down after that. And yeah, but that's um, okay too. You know, I think, I think people are afraid of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're afraid. They're, they're afraid of the end ultimately, but they're also afraid of the beginning of the end. And I'm looking forward to embracing those things when they come, you know what Uh I mean? And honestly, I, I hope that, you know, I hope I can hunt well into, you know, I, I hope I can hunt until I die, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've even told my wife, I hope I die dragging out a deer someday. <laughs> um, that's, that's, yeah. uh, I'd rather go that way than, than, uh, stuck under some led lights in a, uh, you know, in a room that's in a hospital. 78 yeah. degrees and, uh, you know, I'm wearing a diaper, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather go doing what I love. And, and, uh, so I hope I can hunt well into my old age, but you know, I, so much of hunting has taught me about living in the moment, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and enjoying the process and enjoying the moment. And we're all in this, this process of moments every time we go Mm -hmm. hunting, you know, and you know, we, we all talked about remembering our first tagged animals and bagged animals, you know, those are moments etched in us forever. And I think we all, when you take hunting as seriously as the three of us do, and as a lot of our listeners do, um, we have deep connections to place and time, you know? And, and so like, I look forward to those days when, you know, you hit those milestones and, that's why I really want uh, my son Jonas to be with me, you know. It's right. Kinda, it's kind of almost like uh, you're passing on, uh, you're passing on the torch. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. this is this is my gift to you. You know, this awesome hunt, and hopefully that propels you forward to live a life of adventure and and you know chasing these dreams and. And, uh, you know, gives you someone to pass it on to hopefully someday. Absolutely. Pretty, pretty deep there, Kent, but yeah. I yeah. like it. Yeah. We, we've talked uh, quite a bit about dying today, so let's uh, segue <laughs> to something a little bit more. <laughs> All right, Kent, tell us about your closest call. <laughs> Mom, turn the podcast off now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of my questions was, how did you want to go out? But you already answered that. So I guess we can segue to something else here. But, yep. you know, one of, I guess, I guess to kind of talk about where the hunting, uh, you know, piece really goes for you. And obviously that's a big, huge connection to, to the podcast. But what do you think your next adventure of a hunt is going to be? So not in state, but where do you think your next out of state? Hmm. You know, maybe maybe it is still whitetails, or maybe it's something else. But you just you just did an out of state hunt this year. Yeah. What do you think that next one's going to be for you? Yeah, that's a really good question as well. Um, well, right now I'm in a you know 
these last few years have been such a whirlwind of change. You know, I've, I had, uh, my, my daughter, well, my wife had my daughter, um, <laughs> in, uh, December of 21 and I had a new job by mm-hmm. June of 22. Um, and, uh, um, then I did my first Western hunt with Alex and, uh, Rasty and Edwin, uh, and, um, now I have another kid coming this May. Well, so that kind of, you know, that puts things kind of on hold and my wife just changed jobs last year that we, Alex and I actually were going to go on a bear hunt this last May, but with her new, uh, schedule that she had to iron out, it didn't work. So, that I could see being very soon, but also I'm kind of tentatively planning on an elk hunt next year with Alex and mm-hmm. uh, a mutual connection between Alex and me, which is uh, Cornelius. And um, uh, we're we're talking about that. And I think maybe some other clients may be on that hunt as well. Um, Alex, I know you've, you've kind of talked about <clears throat> you have some big plans for that. And I really need to get out and chase elk and just see what it's all about. And that's a good place to do it. I know Alex has had... Um, other clients have success where we're planning that trip for, and now that I have most of the gear, um, you know, I, I think it's definitely attainable here very soon. So I think that'll probably be the the most likely to be the next one. Um, are you finding yourself obsessing or consuming different types of like Western hunting content since we were out West and Western Nebraska? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Caleb's so, asking for a friend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, so well, I, know, I mean, I know my answer. I mean, I, I certainly have been. I'm just, just full disclosure. I, I love watching mule deer hunts right now. I'm intrigued by them. But, yes. but anyway, yeah, uh, Caleb and I still have some unfinished business. We want to get some bucks, some muley bucks. But uh, the doe is a nice tie over for now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, like obviously the ultimate is to to get a buck and get antlers along with the new species but um so i feel like i do have some unfinished business i want to get a muley buck at some point um that trip was amazing with caleb uh, just some of my highest highs while hunting on that trip and uh just mm. again you know feel like i grew in hunting experience by multiple seasons worth um, I, I kept saying after doing that bear hunt with Alex that I felt like I gained 10 years of hunting experience because it was so different and in such a different landscape and the spot and stock versus just the ambush hunting that I'm familiar with, you know, uh, it's kind of the same deal with, uh, hunting the mule deer with, with Caleb in Nebraska. But, um, yeah, I've watched, uh, Alex's, uh, I've been watching his mule deer, his solo mm-hmm. mule deer hunts out in Colorado. That's really been the only hunting content I've really watched uh, here recently. I haven't, I haven't been watching a lot of TV here lately, but um, I did watch both of Alex's, and they're excellent. You guys can check those out on the East to West Hunts uh, YouTube channel, by the way. Um, Alex goes over some great gear stuff on there, but also just fun to watch him in his process for putting together a hunt. Yeah, well, that's that's been a – kind of funny you said i just i just finished episode three uh, you actually awesome. dropped tomorrow so i've been i've been cooking on that but yeah. but yeah the youtube's been 
I, I have that in the business plan for 2024 that that thing is just going to continue to dial up, but I need content. So I had to hunt a lot last year so I can get enough episodes yeah, <laughs> for both yeah. of them because otherwise it's going to be just gear. So, yep. so I love it. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I'm glad you say that because I've been uh, putting some time and effort in those and, and I want them to be pretty good. So I'm glad you've been enjoying them. I, I like to send them to you and get your feedback. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. They're they're super entertaining. My kids enjoyed watching them with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I think it's just fun seeing your process, you know, uh, seeing how you how you uh, put your hunt, your own hunt together. All yeah. right, what else have oh. boys got for me? Keep throwing them. All right, well, let's, uh, let's I guess we've got a, we've got a, a bunch more. Um, what do you think, Alex? Should we both ask, what, one, maybe two more here? I'll let you take the last one. How about that? I, I the think, last? I, you, are, I think are you good? Yeah, I think he's answered everything that I've had for him okay. in in context of all his other answers. You squeezed everything out of him you possibly oh, nice. could. Well, because he answers one <laughs> no, he question did. and then like three yeah. more at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, man. yeah, he is very efficient in an yeah. indirect manner, so I can appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll kind of... <laughs> I mean, you did. He did do well to do that. I, I, I uh, yeah. I was reading through your questions. I'm like, almost so indirectly, it's not right? efficient. I was like, man. I was like, these are gonna be hard, and then now he's like answering yeah. every single one of them. I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't wanna go back. Well, I kind of, I kind of, we'll we'll hop back to something you actually started to get into, Kent, in a minute. But I'm before we do, you know, I think I want to. I want to ask something just kind of because of the, the purpose of, of hunting a lot of, in a lot of ways is provision, right? Meat. And so I'm just kind of, kind of a fun one um, with, I'm, I'm going to go with venison unless mm-hmm. you want to say that maybe, maybe there's a different, uh, a different type of, of meat you want to talk about, but whether, let's just open it up to that, I guess. What is your like favorite wild game recipe or way to prepare like pheasant, venison, whatever it might be? Sure. Uh, well, my favorite favorite game meat is bear, black bear. Okay. Um, uh, Rasty tagged a uh, beautiful little uh, sow when we were in uh, Montana, and he was gracious enough to give me half the meat. And wow. I uh, love it. I mean, that stuff, I have just a awesome. little bit left. Um, uh, y- what's so cool about it is I'm not a very good uh, chef, and uh, you literally cannot overcook bear meat. Like, there's just so That's much cool. oil to it, and it's so tender and uh, just just amazing. Did you um, did you guys did you guys eat some while you were out there? Did you like cook some over an open no, fire? Because, no, because it was so wet while we were out mm, there. Right. Um, we it did. Was, it was the rainforest. Yeah. It was yeah, horrible. It, it literally if you was. To, to I remember the I remember the episode. It just sounded like you guys were. <laughs> always stoked or close yes. to it or Stop, humid man. and yeah, yeah. It, that was it was brutal weather i mean it really was just as far as like it wasn't violent storms or anything thankfully but like you always had to have your rain gear on which yeah. is not fun because you start sweating buckets you know mm-hmm. real quick while you're hiking and stuff and so <clears throat> that yeah we really didn't have any fire except for one night we were like we're camping. We're having a fire. I think it was our last night, mm. and uh, we got one going for maybe 
you know, half hour, 45 minutes, but, but yeah, bear meat's my favorite. Um, best way. The only way I really, I've cooked it is kind of like pulled pork. Um, and yeah, uh, it that's was a good delicious. Way. Yeah. Made some, pulled, nice. some, uh, you know, pulled bear meat sandwiches. That was really good. Um, put like a slice of Kojak cheese on there and mm-hmm. some barbecue sauce and some pickles. And, uh, it's, it's dynamite. Um, but, uh, my wife is an excellent cook and, uh, she fully embraces, um, uh, wild game, uh, prep. So, uh, she's made some delicious, uh, done some delicious trout recipes, um, mm. for some of the trout we've caught up in Driftless, Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, actually that's one of my favorite things to do with my wife is, um, we've, for several of our, our anniversary is in early June. And so, um, it's just a great time to be out trout fishing. Uh, and, uh, we like to wade the trout streams together and, and catch fish and, and, uh, she does a great job cooking those. Um, but also as far as what I hunt, um, uh, I really like, uh, probably the best dish that I've had with a pheasant. Pheasants are kind of hard to like really do well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, there was this recipe, I think it was in the pheasants forever, uh, magazine. They're like a uh, quarterly magazine they put out <clears throat> and, uh, it was for pheasant cospotzel, I think is how you pronounce that. In fact, it just came up in my Facebook memories like yesterday or the day before um, that we, uh, when we made that. And it's like this cheese and noodle uh, um, uh, with the pheasant meat, like, you know, pulled and, and chopped and, and mixed in. And that was super good. And what I liked about that, too, is it made it easy to make sure you didn't have shot in there. Like, I always worry about that. Oh, yeah. Not just because it hurts like no other when you bite a piece, but <laughs> yeah. it can really turn people off to game meat. And so um, I like that for pheasants. And then um, for deer meat, uh, my wife does this amazing backstrap recipe where uh, mm. um, she, like... Uh, Pan, so we we brine most of our venison and bear meat. We brine it for six to eight hours. Um, we use the Hank Shaw uh, brining recipe. You know, well, it's just a real basic thing. It's I think it's like he suggests. Uh, you probably know it, Alex. Two tablespoons of salt per quart of water. Um, I think is the mm-hmm. ratio he says. And then we th- like to throw stuff in there, like maybe mulberries that we pick off the trees in our yard, and and uh, some different um, uh, herbs and uh, seasoning. And we'll let that soak, and then um, uh, she'll pan sear that meat. Um, after I think she pan sears first, actually and then um, puts it in a cast iron pan, cooks it in the oven for like, oh, 30, 35 minutes. And so it's got like this nice crispy edge on it and then just like cut with a fork tender on mm. the inside. And a little bit on the rare side is is perfect. Um, and so that's my favorite way to have venison. But she also does this really good like venison and broccoli where she like oh. shaves shaves a venison roast into like really thin strips um almost like nice. if you were to go to a chinese restaurant and get like mongolian beef yeah kinda. that's exactly oh, yeah. what i was yeah. just imagining yep. yep so it cuts it real thin slices 
and then um, uh, kind of stir fries it. And uh, we use like some chili crunch on there, some momofuku uh, chili crunch, and uh, um, put it over rice and some uh, boiled broccoli from our garden. Mm. And that is, uh, as they say, slap your mama good. Wow. Right. Well, I'm going to special request that the next time I come Yes, over. man. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and the sesame seeds on there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it's, well, you come here, buddy, and uh, <laughs> and we will have it ready for you. I love it. Or, or when you draw your tag in Iowa. This, this is right. true, too. That's right. Go, but we'll I, I have up. a feeling we'll... my drive through will be faster than getting my tag in Iowa right now. <laughs> I know it. I know it. <laughs> I know it. Yeah. But... You, hear, you heard it here. We are more likely to go on an elk hunt than me getting a whitetail tag in Iowa right It's now. coming, yeah. though, buddy. <laughs> so that, it's going to... That... It's coming, though. You're going to have Point a Point awesome creep is real, folks. No. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh... Well, I love it. we've got, I, I think one more question and we'll, yeah. and then we'll, we'll close this thing up here. And, um, and, uh, it's been, it's been fun though. So, uh, you, you kind of touched on this earlier, Kent, and, uh, you, you started talking about some of the meaning behind, you know, passing on some things to, you know, mm. your son and may, maybe your daughters and, um, who, whatever this next baby is for you guys too. But, uh, when it comes to that, when you think about, okay, like, I, I, I don't know if you have had these thoughts, but sometimes I sit and look at my mounts in my house, or I've heard other people talk about those things. And that's part of our legacy as hunters. So a twofold mm-hmm. question, you know, do you have, obviously with children and such, maybe you'd pass those things on, but with for you, when it comes to passing that baton, the mounts on the legacy for you of, of a hunting family now, uh, what, what, what does it look like, you know, or maybe even prairie farming, you know, all of that together. What is that, what is that to you? Uh, what does that look like or what's successful in that way? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really deep, really good question. Good one to wrap up with for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, our baby coming in May is another girl. So it'll be, uh, Jonas and me are going to be way, way out. All right, man. Oh, um, yeah. but girls can absolutely hunt and, yeah. uh, and I hope my daughters, Jonas already loves hunting. You know, last night when I went to go to bed after I got out of the shower, I thought Jonas was asleep already for like a half an hour. And he's like, Dad, come here. And he's like in his room. And he's like, listen to my buck grunt. <laughs> and he's that like laying awesome. in his bed. He's like laying <laughs> in his bed. He's like, you know, like. <laughs> So I think he's hooked. I think he's hooked. But oh, um, so good. but uh, my daughters, you know, I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they if they take to hunting like Jonas seems to have, and um, uh, you know, I think they I think they'll definitely enjoy it. But uh, let's be honest, you know, um, uh, it it just doesn't happen as often with uh, with with girls that they really get into it like uh the boys do it seems yeah uh but that being said too you know there's there's women out there who are just as hardcore of hunters as any any guy is you know so maybe sure. maybe that'll happen my daughter margo definitely seems to be interested in it um uh she's definitely done a lot of shed hunting um my daughter Helena has ridden around on my back in the baby backpack. <laughs> Caleb can attest yes, to that, yep. <laughs> and has already done quite a bit of shed hunting like that. Um, 
And uh, so maybe they'll they'll really end up in it with it. But what I hope at least is that um, uh, uh, their future husbands really appreciate the amount of hunting exposure that I have uh, 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 provided them with so that uh, yeah. when uh, he wants to go out and go hunting, uh, he's got a wife that understands and knows how to cook a mean backstrap when he gets back. So, so, uh, that's, that's kind of my, my goal there. And, that's you know, cool. I can't, I, I'd say it's going to be pretty unlikely that, you know, when you're truly passionate about something, it's unlikely that your kids are going to be as passionate about it as you are. It does mm-hmm. happen. Like, look at you and your dad, Caleb, your dad sure. loves hunting. And I'd say you're even more passionate than he is about yeah, hunting, right? You know, so it does happen. But uh, so, so Jonah, what I'm, I'm just thinking of Jonas's yeah. fever of just like buck hunting in bed. That's so cool, man. That <laughs> That's, is right. Awesome. That's right. That's right. That is, you know. Cool. So I hope it happens. You know, but I'm not going to expect it to. You know what I mean? So if he only mm-hmm. kind of likes it, um, that's okay. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force that by any means. And so. Uh, as far as who gets my mounts, um, I hope they at least cut the antlers off and use them for a good set of rattling antlers, you know, after I'm gone, you know, don't Your just last year's muzzleloader buck. Those things will echo. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, um, you know, I also talked about, you know, I'll probably tell my kids, Hey, if you don't want my mounts, I get it. Um, you didn't shoot them. I did. And, uh, uh, if you, uh, just donate them to, uh, you know, the county conservation or, or something sure. like that, you know, a library or somewhere where they can be appreciated and, um, uh, you know, celebrated still. I think that'd be, I think that'd be awesome. And, and, uh, more importantly than all of that, um, I hope my kids value, uh, all our wild, all of our wild places from, uh, the blank spots on the map here in the Midwest mm-hmm. to the, uh, uh, you know, mountain peaks of the west and and uh i hope they have a conservationist ethic and mindset and uh more importantly than that i hope they have a relationship with the creator who made it all and um you know they don't they don't value the creation more than the creator um that totally if i you know if i could die on dragging out a big slob buck out of the woods um (laughs) Uh, knowing that about my kids, you know, I'd be, I'll, I'll definitely be dying with a smile on my face. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Very Love cool. Well, well, Alex, it's been a pleasure to uh, co-host with you here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get a chance to again someday, but good, uh, good one guys. This has been really good. Yeah. I'm sure that Kent and Alex might have some final thoughts here, but I'm, I'm, that's going to be it for me. Uh, but uh, Kent, I know, is going to have some things to share at the end, too, about some of the sponsors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I really appreciate you guys doing this and putting the questions together. Um, just uh, you guys you guys did a great job running it. It's, it was Woo! a fun episode. Episode number 200 in the books. Yeah, where are the balloons um, now? What hand gestures are going to make for balloons to come out? That's right, that's yeah, right. How do we get those to come out there? Well, you, and you know, Caleb, you, you know, Caleb, what's... Is it clapping? What's, is it... That's right, that's right. You know, Caleb, what's interesting is um, you are a consumer of, you know, of all three of the sponsors. Um, so I thought maybe oh, we could give, give a quick... Uh, 
Uh, well, Alex is well. Alex Alex lives in Michigan, so he hasn't used the old barn taxery. But but nope. Caleb, yeah, you've, I'm sure you've, I will at point. You want to give just give us like a quick like uh, 90 second uh, commercial on Spartan Forge, East West Hunts, and Old Barn Taxidermy. Okay, so uh, I'm back. I guess I, I thought that I signed off, but I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> you did. This uh, is your official sign. Yeah. Off. <laughs> All right. Weird. Yeah. So. Um, Man, you know the cool thing about the three sponsors is the uh, is the people behind them. I think is one thing you always yep. want your your hard earned dollar going towards good good things, good people. Um, I think that's one thing that um, it's they're kind of it's kind of grassroots, you know, people that you support when you do um, these places. But um, along with that, just comes the the attention to detail. You know, when you think about uh, someone like Alex with East to West Hunts, um, you're going to get personalized service attention to detail that you probably are not going to have other places. Um, and hopefully you do, but, uh, I can, I can attest or speak to that, that, um, you know, you, you'll get that one-on-one conversation and care towards a hunt and really thinking about it in the sense of this is his hunt that he's putting together for you, Mm. um, type of a mentality. And then while you're doing that, um, the other one that's cool is you can, while, while you're going through those things with him, you can go to Spartan Forge and, yeah. and, uh, you can sponsor. be looking at the map. Yeah. As you are hearing from Alex, you drop in pins, seeing those property boundaries personally, Kent and I had it up a bunch. We downloaded our first offline maps actually on our last yeah. hunt in Nebraska, um, which was kind of interesting <laughs> to do. And it was kind of fun. Um, to learn that piece of it too, right? Yeah, of, that worked just, great. Yeah, it was it was cool because it's a, a new dotted line showed up. We're like, wait, yeah. what is this? Like, oh wait, that's the <laughs> offline map we downloaded. That's right. Um, and so and and it worked so well. And I and it's really important to know where you where you are and knowing you know what where where's this line, where's that line, especially where we were hunting. There were some places we definitely weren't allowed to. Nobody's allowed to hunt. So yeah, want to make sure we stay out of there legally. That's right. Um. And after you're done with your hunts, you know, you've got to take your trophy in. Um, and even, even for us on our last hunt, you know, we, we, uh, have saved some hides in our freezers that we're hoping to get tanned. Yep. Um, and, uh, and old barn does a phenomenal job with taxidermy. And I know that I've said this before, but the, the mount that I've gotten back from there, um, has been probably my favorite mount and so much so that my wife loves it and having it up in the living room. I've seen some of their work when they stop in there. What's cool is you can, you can even, they'll even invite you back sometimes, be like, Hey, check out what else we got going on here. <laughs> yeah, See your process. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is super cool. So, um, there's my quick rundown connecting, I guess, all three of the sponsors. They're, beautiful. they're awesome. Use them. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Thank Love you. Caleb. Uh, uh, I also want to add into this one, um, big things coming, uh, for the three of us. Uh, with east west hunts um uh other than this next piece i'm probably gonna leave it there there is a new podcast coming and uh the voice of the host should be uh very familiar to you and uh uh these other two guys that'll be on there quite often along with uh, a new line of guests and everything else to talk all things um hunting all over the place and of course it'll be a strong tone of uh you know tag application and and uh um you know hunt planning will be a strong topic throughout that 
podcast, but the East West Hunts podcast is going to be rolling here very soon. Um, we'll probably do some uh, 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 sharing of those episodes on this feed for a little while just to help uh, um, get the word out on the show. And, uh, you know, very, very soon, though, there will be a new podcast uh, on a on its own feed uh, that uh, we will uh, be running. And uh, I'm super excited and honored to be a part of that. And um, just stay stay tuned to East West Hunts, guys. There are some big things coming here very soon. And, um, uh, man, I, I wish I could spill the beans here a little more than, than what I am right now, but I'm not going to. Uh, just pay attention. If you aren't yet a uh, client of East West Hunts, I strongly, strongly recommend you get on board uh, right away. Um, things are going to get heating up here big time with that. So all these things Been coming exciting. soon. Yes, very exciting. All these things coming very soon. So thankful for Alex and Caleb and Brandon and Jake. And uh, we're going to get Nate Dodson on here soon. I'm working on trying to get an episode on the uh, wolf reintroduction out west. Ooh. I thought Nate would be a great guy to uh, co-host that with. So oh, yeah. Nate, Nate, this is your official notice, buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm working on trying to find some. I don't want to just interview like another hunter, you know, because I can. I think I can carry that perspective pretty well, and I think Nate will be able to help me with that. I want to almost get somebody who's not a hunter and somebody who just like lives there, and uh, but pays attention mm. to what goes on and you know, they're with their, their wildlife. Yeah, get their perspective. And, uh, you know, talk about it some more. So hopefully that's coming up soon. Um, but stay tuned. East West Hunts podcast will be rolling out very soon. And uh, thank you so much, everyone, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for supporting the show through the years. Uh, you are the best part. Just got a listener email this week. And, uh, man, was that touching. It was just uh, just really, really encouraging. And, uh, you know, a good reminder for why we do this. We stay up late and do this. Um, mm -hmm. uh, just uh, totally. an awesome, awesome totally. part of it. So please reach out if you haven't. If you haven't left a five-star review yet and you think that we're worth it, please do so on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And uh, tell a friend. That's the biggest way you can think is uh, spread the word on the show. Share your favorite episodes. All that stuff. We love you. See you later. Take care. And take someone hunting.